he really got me. You know, I think it's because he was gay. Got the nuances more. get me a gay mickey gotta get a gay well hello and welcome to another episode of in the details a celebration of nuance where each week more or less i queen out on all of the acting choices micro moments and magic in the minutiae that make a scene great my name is colin drucker your name is still barbara Belgetti's, and we are not alone this week i am i'm always excited to have a guest on in the details i'm always excited to have somebody to queen or king out on some nuances <laughs> micro moments and magic in the minutiae and this week i am joined by it's not the first time we've done a podcast together but no. the first time we've done an in the details together please welcome to the podcast Vigor Mortis. Yay! Hello, hello. <laughs> Hi. I am, I, as I said, and for folks who don't know, uh, we had you on All Right Mary yeah. a few months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, the the feedback we had got on that, we had got, the feedback we had got, the feedback <laughs> we had gotten on that episode, just like so positive. Like oh, people so were just honored. like eyes awakened to what any of what it means to be a drag king, mm. like, and just what it what it feels like, what it sounds like. You know, I think um, this was all pre-Dragula season three. It was. So it was. For a lot of our listeners, it was like you were an introduction to what a drag king could do. Um, so happy. To and and I think I know that. like my boyfriend had said like, God, I just feel like I learned so much. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, <laughs> so uh, so I'm I'm just like gooped and thrilled that you're here. I'm um, here. For anyone who doesn't know uh, about you and doesn't mm -hmm. know who you are, what's uh, what's your story? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I am a drag king in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. I'm part of the Switch and Play Collective that has been a uh, a fixture of nightlife in in New York, especially in Brooklyn, since two thousand six, um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of horror. And mm -hmm. we, you know, we were, I think it was outside a bar, outside, was, switch, was, and outside switch and play, yeah, yeah. And and you had said like, hey, do you want to talk about? Texas Chainsaw Massacre and I was like god yes I do absolutely <laughs> huge fan of horror huge fan of movies and pulling things apart and Ugh. getting into the nitty-gritty itty-bitty good you oh, know well, then and you're and on the I'm right so, podcast I'm, I'm so excited I'm just gonna be super super great oh I'm I mean to me like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre I think is like and people who like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and mm -hmm. who get it mm -hmm. it's such like a litmus test it's just like it is yeah there's something about that movie that is like I just watched it again last night you know mm -hmm. preparing for this and mm -hmm. um I'd watched it with my boyfriend who's never seen it before he'd never he'd heard of it and heard of me talking about it but just like had no idea what he was in for. Totally. And so I kind of tried to have that lens of like, what's it like to watch this for the first time? Right. And right, to kind right, of just right. like experience. Not this. as a youth. Not as a youth. Because mm -hmm. I want to ask you about that as like that experience because that's yeah. very different. <laughs> um, yeah. But just to like, and especially after having seen so many other movies, like what it would be like to watch this one. And what I took away is that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a very singular experience mm -hmm. other movies don't really feel like this yeah you know, i would agree with that there's something about it that just there are movies that have a documentary feel there are movies that have a gritty feel right there, there are, are movies that that kind of reflect americana and the 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 kind of 
a, like apocalypse or apocalyptic landscape of yeah. Americana the, or like, or like the American dream going to die somewhere kind mm-hmm. of, th- you know, a lot of, a lot of different things have those bits and pieces, right? but they don't have all of them, all of them. And in a movie yeah. that feels like I've, I know that I've either, I've heard it described this way. I've, I've felt this on my own that, Texas Chainsaw Massacre feels like a movie you're not supposed to see. Yes. You know? Oh, completely. Because it it does, that documentary feel makes it seem like we're sneaking in and watching things that we shouldn't be looking at. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like, who caught all this on camera? Right, right, right. Who made this? Right. Yeah. Like, it's it's inappropriate somehow. Completely. It's inappropriate. There's something about it that feels like it's, because it's not that it's, like, this, like, gruesome violence that's happening. Which is so surprising. Right. A lot of people immediately are like, oh my God, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's so it's so gruesome and nasty. But the thing is, is that like in the 1970s, mm-hmm. this was kind of the first, because it was released in 1974, mm-hmm. and this was the very first kind of like real slasher movie to kind of come out in this particular genre. And even yeah. this was like kind of pushing the bounds. Like this was before Saw. This was before... Yeah. Um, you know, like 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 a lot of the, those types of of, of mm-hmm. movies came out, and there was this kind of feeling of still like it's about the suggestion of violence, right? So like while there was still plenty of gratuitous, torturous moments, I mean, like the dinner scene is ten minutes of them just berating Sally for literally 10 minutes yeah. of just pure torture, yeah. which is horrifying. But what's amazing it's about that- It's not as gory. It's not gory. It's emotional, mm-hmm. psychological torture. Yes, completely. And that I think people don't credit this movie for or they don't remember is that so much of the violence and so much of what Sally experiences when we watch her experience is like yeah. the mental violence and the emotional yeah, violence completely. that she experiences. Or even um, what's what's the, the other- um, not faith what is it pam but yeah uh yeah who who gets put up on the meat yep. hook for the first time yeah pam mm-hmm. um and and she watches her boyfriend get carved up on the table but you don't yeah. see the carving right you watch her watching him doing the carving on the table you know it's right. this whole kind of like you know and and yeah. it does actually have um you know be like like the the it has certain elements of psycho mm-hmm. in it and kind of hitchcockian like like nods and things like that you know especially like you know the the actual like inspiration for the story Mm -hmm. does come from that as well right but or like it kind of comes from the same place with ed Gaines. Mm -hmm. but it's really interesting because you do see that like that's very much hitchcock it's about what you don't see it's what the audience is allowed to fantasize about or picture in their head Mm -hmm. that makes it the most terrifying right like and those never, moments really happen there yeah yeah I was gonna say, we never see the hook go in Pam's back nope. we never see the knife go in Marion Crane and Psycho nope. exactly but you think you did yeah and like and you feel it and it's yeah it's implied to the point where seeing it seeing some visual effect is not wouldn't be as strong as what we're imagining exactly because I think with that like example using Pam as the example right like I, I've seen this movie so many times. I right. feel that hook. Yeah. Every time the breath goes out of my chest. Right. Every time. Right. 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 Yeah. Well, and it's and it's the first time that you see. I th- I think or like one of the first times in the film that you see this character really treat the victims like meat. Oh. Like actual yeah. meat. Yeah. You know. I mean, that's what's sort of fascinating about this movie is that these five 
people mm-hmm. like they are just livestock to this family like the yeah. paradigm is like these are just you know cows on the loose and yeah. Leatherface is just trying to kill them because there's cows on the loose and we got to kill them for dinner and mm-hmm. there isn't there isn't all of this like Friday the 13th Jason Voorhees stuff or right. Freddy Krueger or right. so many other slashers where there's something personal about it right it's they're just yeah I mean he just hangs around the hook like just a piece of meat right and it's um I think the, the sort of flip side of that and what I've what I took away from this the last few times I've watched it is mm-hmm. that as much as these characters these people are are just livestock to the killers mm-hmm. I I grow so attached to them. Even Franklin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of love Franklin. Yeah, Franklin will and, and Franklin is so interesting in so many ways. Yeah. Um I also I really appreciate that that he is the only character who sees himself in one of the members of the Sawyer family mm-hmm. because kind of in that moment when the um when uh Nubs or or when Nub when right. cuts his hand you know, he he cuts into his own hand when they're mm-hmm. in the back of the van. Mm-hmm. Um, Franklin is the one that says, "Could you do that?" Yeah. You know, could could you do that to yourself though? And like, takes a second to really be like, "Wait a minute!" Like, what kind of person right. would you have to be yeah, to, to like really to really get in there yeah. and to like actually cut your own hands like that? Yeah. And and then I think they do a, a really really lovely nod to that that uh, like similarity Mm -hmm. in character when he's stuck downstairs because he's in a wheelchair and he, and the, the, he goes like, which is exactly what, um, what the hitchhiker does. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've never picked that up. I mean, I know those two nuances, but I never connected them. But when, when the hitchhiker is, when they're driving away from, from the hitchhiker, he goes like at the car. And so does Franklin. Franklin does that when all of his friends and family leave him downstairs. Oh, uh, well, you know, I think that, know? that parallel is so interesting because yeah. Franklin is, is cursed in this movie. He's yeah. the one who gets the picture taken. He that gets yeah. set on fire. He's the only one to get killed with a chainsaw. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in so many ways, I think that like what I, the, the first kind of part of the movie is Franklin is kind of the central character. It's almost mm. like Marion Crane. It's like the central yeah, character. Yeah, in an interesting way. We're That's sort true. of like, and and is the one who, I don't know, I think we're ha- we're having his experience. We're not having Sally's experience. Really. Mm. Un- we're, we're like observing it. Yes. To a point. Yeah. yeah. That's and true. I think for the model of like the final girl in so many movies, she's always given kind of like, spotlight or she's oh, yeah. or or we she's highlighted in some ways okay that's our person right like we gotta we gotta watch out for her yeah and i don't coming through sally just ends up being the last one alive yeah it could be any of them right and i think that's she's right. in some ways like even the beginning pam is the more featured if you're gonna go for the final girl trope i th- well and that's and that's the thing that i think that's really interesting too is that it feels like the focus shifts so often you're not entirely sure who the final girl is gonna be right and right. i like that that oh. makes that makes me really happy because like you know then Pam's in the fridge and you're like oh my god she might come back and then it's like nah no she's uh, that was a double tap she's out like (laughs) double tap yeah like that's that's it she's out that's that's the end of that one totally you know and then you're kind of like oh dang it all right well and then like Franklin makes it you know because I think also a lot of times uh which is very like I think that this movie also has a lot of um it's a good opportunity to talk about ableism Mm -hmm. especially involving like like physical you know, um, physical issue, like ableism and then also like mental. Yeah. Because, 
you know, they, they automatically like, or in some of the Texas Chainsaw movies, they talk about how he's like, he's, he's like a child or he's very childlike or he's kind of, you know, he yeah. leather, leather faces, mm-hmm. you know, he's not, you know, all there air quotes, big right. air quotes are you know, all the things that they say about him. Right. But then in like the origin, origin, origin story that of course, because like in this day and age, when you do reboots, you're always trying to explain things right. <laughs> rather than just letting them be. Right. So of course they try to explain it. He is like chatting with, the nurses and flirting with them and all and kind of suave a little bit and seems to be the most like well adjusted again, like it's huge air quotes um, of this particular group Mm -hmm. of people. Yeah. And then he becomes right. It's like, you know, yeah, he develops into that. Right. Which, which is very, all of that is so unnecessary. It's very unnecessary. It's very like, you know, but, but then at the same time, you know, the whole family bullies him, right, and makes him do the the, the shitty work and He's the, the dirty work. One. Yeah, and the yeah. and the and the cook is the one who goes, oh well, I can't just I I can't I can't abide killing, but right. like I'll, just, I'll cook him, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kill anybody. Yeah, the, and but those they make, nuances of that, right? Yeah. And they but they make him do it all. Mm-hmm. Right, that sucks. Like yeah. that really, and you know, and 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 you know, and they he kind of turns into the one who who gets kind of pushed around mm-hmm. a ton. Yeah. And that is like, le- like, you know, that, that kind of plays into the narrative that people who are neuro atypical mm-hmm. are dangerous. Yeah. When, when 90% of the time, 99% of the time they're actually the victims yeah. in these types of situations. Yeah. And it- so that's interesting. And then also having, you know, this one character who has a physical disability, mm-hmm. you know, still like, and, and making it through till the, the end of the movie, yeah, you know, yeah. is, is, is not what you would necessarily expect. Mm-hmm. Um, because people again are so kind of cruel. Right. To, to folks who have physical disabilities. Yeah. But Franklin like, yeah. would be like the first out, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, for sure. Yeah. But yeah. he, you know, but he has, you know, he has does have kind of a more central mm-hmm. this this central role that brings him through, mm-hmm. and you know, and they they don't shine as or they don't pick on him in the same way as they could given right. the era and given what they um, what a lot of other films were doing yeah. at the time, and I do appreciate that. I agree. You I know? feel like where I really saw that nuance where he could have been just annoying and they could have made him this right. albatross of the movie right. was um, when it's just down to he and Sally and they're fighting over the flashlight. Yeah. And she's like, I know I can't. And he's like, and then he says, okay, 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 hold on. Okay. okay. And he's like, tries to be reasonable. Yeah. And tries to de-escalate. Totally. And, and I think there's like a, there's something about him that is like, he's not just this ridiculous, difficult, annoying person He's got layers. He's got layers. And yeah. I, I think that that I, there's the elements of that, like the relationship between Franklin and Sally. There's that scene mm-hmm. um, sort of evening time when they're sitting and she's just kind of staring off in the distance. And, mm-hmm. you, and there's just like that sibling thing of her being tired of it, but not mean to him. She's right. just like, I don't know. Right. I don't know. You know, right. right. Um, that I just, I appreciate I appreciate that they are fully realized totally. when they are supposed to just be livestock at the same time. Yeah. Oh, completely. Completely. You know, like the movie doesn't have to do that. 
And right. um, I even see that with like Jerry with Disco Stew, you know? Yeah, um, Disco Stew. <laughs> I mean, it's like to the point where I'm like, is the character modeled off of Jerry? Because it's so like the image right. is perfect. You right, know? right, 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 right. Um, and that, he's also this like weird 30 year old dude, like on a trip with all these kids. And yeah. it's like, <laughs> it's like yeah. very interesting. Like, I'm like, what is, what What are you doing? Yeah, there? what's this dynamic? Like yeah. This, yeah. And then he's like flirting. Why well, isn't he, bit, isn't he Sally's in. boyfriend? I think he's yeah. Sally's boyfriend. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I can I see you're having a, you know, well, he's an older boyfriend. I don't yeah. know. He had a van, you know, he did have a van. Um, <laughs> but that part where he's like, you know, joking around saying like that he, oh yeah, like he gave the hitchhiker Franklin's name and his number, even your zip code. Like he's, I, there was something about that scene and the way that he kind of like makes Sally laugh where we're seeing nuances to the way they relate to each other. Yeah. That um, I think, even movies that aren't trying to treat their characters like livestock mm-hmm. aren't doing. Right. Um, and I think because of the documentary feel mm-hmm. and because the acting is very sort of naturalistic, I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the acting is really good in this movie, mm-hmm. like way better than I think it has any right to be. Um, <laughs> I'm like, Oh God, these are real people. Like yeah. I, I start to dread when Kirk and Pam get to the house. Totally. You know? Cause I'm like, totally. Man, I just, I like them. I think they're fun, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and I also always had that feeling of like, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like sure, maybe picking up the hitchhiker was a bad idea. Right. But other than that, I feel like everything that happens, I don't know how they could have avoided it. Well, see, I think that's interesting because they, if you look at it, if you actually look at it, every time they enter the house, it's a and e It's breaking and entering. Oh, they don't yeah. ever once like knock and wait for somebody to come to the door. Right. They're just like, well, I'll just go in here. Yeah. And they just like, they totally break and enter. So like, right. as far as I'm concerned, like Leatherface is like, hello, you're in my fucking house. Yeah. Like, why are you in my house? It's a good and point. And like, you know, and, and then, and then he's just like, well, these like pesky rodents keep getting into my stuff you right. know and and so then the first kill and that's and, and i think that it's really interesting where the first kill is you know is very efficient mm-hmm. and it's and it's right at right in the doorway right. of his secret entrance yeah, right yeah yeah with that like back like that red oh yeah the wall the, the of red skulls. wall of skulls which mm-hmm. is so meticulously arranged which i think yeah. is really interesting right like it's right. very it's very well lit mm-hmm. and it's very like like organized and it's it's kind of like it looks like a like like either like a display case mm-hmm. or something like that you know what i mean it's there's totally. something very organized and very orderly about it which i think is a little outside of character considering yeah. like the rest of the house is just completely in shambles. That living room. That yeah. living that living room is just which also Pam just somehow manages to trip over everything. Oh, God, just like, like out just, of that room. Just everywhere. The yeah. chicken room. Yeah. Just like he's like just, just like fully just tripping over everything and right. breaking so again it's like what kind of creature got into my fucking living room yeah. and started am i allowed to curse on this podcast? oh you okay, can turn it yeah, yeah, totally oh yeah i had to ask I had yeah to ask. but like you know like like as far as i'm concerned like you know if you were hearing that much of a racket in your house you know i mean i wouldn't mm-hmm. run out with a you know with a with a you know right. sledgehammer or whatever but like you know meat tenderizer whatever does the job you know yeah. big big ass you know, hammer. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like they keep just going in the house. It's true. I mean, they're not, they're not asked. They're not standing on the porch waiting for someone to come to the door. Right. Who does that? Who right. just like walks into somebody's living room and is like, hello. Right. I'm right. in this house. It could be abandoned, but it also could super mega not be. Yeah. And you're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I guess I wouldn't go in. Yeah. I and mean, it, and there's like a tank of gas, like just sitting there. Like it, it, like for those types of things to be there, there's evidence of life. Right. Exactly. So like, why would you just go into someone's home? Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> especially, and especially like out here, middle of nowhere, yeah. like your yeah. survival you know, your survival meter is, is not high. Right. In, right. <laughs> in like, that moment. Yeah. Your assumption of like the kindness of strangers is far off. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. I like, like, even though I am a kind non serial killer person, mm-hmm. I would not be pleased if someone was just standing in my living room. Totally. And the case of Jerry, <laughs> he's like going through their food supply. You yeah. Know, he opens the cooler. I mean, it's like, what is wrong with you? Right. Right. Of course you're going to clonked in the head. Yeah. Yes. And there's that great moment after he kills Jerry where Leatherface is having that kind of like panic of, oh God, are there more in my house? Or, yeah. I'm going to have to I, go I, out and find and them. And sitting and sitting there, you know, sitting there like front lit with that beautiful, oh. sh- the lighting and the cinematography is also just like stunning. Stunning. It's and, stunning. Yeah. And it's crazy as I feel like for a lot of folks, your first impression of Texas Chainsaw Massacre is like a, a scratchy VHS. Mm-hmm. And that was certainly mine. And I, have since seen like the remastered the blu-ray oh Oh, my god there are shots where i'm just like it's just breathtaking it is it's a i mean that is i think one of the elements of this movie where it's just like it's you know like that's this scene for example Mm -hmm. with leatherface it's horrifying and beautiful yeah and yeah one of my one of my favorites is when cook um bumps into nubbin Mm -hmm. on the on oh. the side on the side of the road, yeah, and starts beating him with that broom handle, which yeah. apparently like is the strongest broom handle in the land, yeah, because like it defeats a machete, it defeats all kinds yeah. of shit. All you need is this, like, this all I got my trusty broom, right. and I'm good to go. And you're right. just like, wait a minute, what? But yeah. um, but he starts just beating the bejesus out of him, yeah, in front of the lights and it and it's backlit and there's dust kicked up everywhere yeah. and it's just like as it's a it's it's a bizarrely horrifying scene but it's also beautifully oh, it's shot stunning I, yeah i know exactly what you're talking about i love yeah. that shot there's yeah. a shot early on when they slow down and they pick up the hitchhiker and it's this far away shot yeah and it's the little green van and this huge open sky yeah 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 and it's just it is a stunning shot it is it's just and the tracking shots mm-hmm. i mean well and i've seen that shot like you know uh in other movies and mm-hmm. other like that big wide and so it kind of gives you again like a different feel of like is this a horror movie right you know you have that little moment of like i right. think i saw this in fear and loathing in las vegas you know what i mean mm-hmm. or like i've seen or i've seen little miss sunshine do this yeah you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah. like this van pulling up in this mm-hmm. big stretch of desert it's a classic yeah and it's a classic that's being adopted into this film that's supposed to be like gore and guts and blood and all this yeah. stuff and you're just like why is it so pretty yeah why is it so why is it such <laughs> like, a beautiful cinematic so experience good? yeah yeah like, how is it possible that a movie called the texas chainsaw massacre right. is such like a consummate example of american filmmaking yeah you know? or, or even i mean even down to the very last scene where he's doing his chainsaw dance yeah in the dust in the road mm-hmm. you know with the sun with that orange sun mm-hmm. just everywhere, like that glow where you're like, is, is he dancing out of frustration? Is he right. dancing out of joy? Is he dancing just to dance? Is he dancing to, or is it, is that even dancing? Is he right. trying, does he have a bug in his hair? Right. You have exactly. no idea what he's like, you know, like, like there's a plenty of theories. There's plenty of theories. Right. Um, but it's just beautifully 
beautifully shot and 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 it takes its time yeah and it's this moment and i think that there's a, like again it's the not knowing mm-hmm. on top of this like this these things can happen anywhere yes you know this kind yeah. of this kind of again feeling of like this this could be happening anywhere at any time yeah oh and, I mean, and it's yeah. part of just the world yeah i know? always think that way about this movie that it's something that randomly happens and then yeah. randomly ends yeah 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 which is so interesting too about the like the the about its uh inspiration mm-hmm. is coming from the ed gain right story which i researched because i was just so fascinated by it because mm-hmm. it's been the ed gain story yeah is the one that um, is used as backstory for Norman Bates, for Buffalo Bill, for Leatherface, for it becomes like a base of a, like a, a template, right? For so many different characters because it was so horrifying. It happened in the middle of nowhere, yeah. and it was in Plainsfield, Plainsfield, Wisconsin, right? In the middle of just in the middle of this teeny tiny town yeah. where everybody, there was one general store and one gas station and everybody knew each other's names yeah. and this happened. Right. And it was just so, do you know this the story? I all know. That much? Yeah. I know about the grave robbing and the making the, the skin dresses. And right, 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 yeah. right, right. Well, and that's the thing is that people call him a serial killer. He's not a serial killer. Right. He killed two people. That's right. So he killed, um, he killed a woman named Bernice Warden was the first, and, and then later on there was Mary Hogan, Mm-hmm. And those were the two that he actually murdered. Oh wow! And but everyone else was robbed from graves, right? And yes, and they found these horrific, you know, like like bowls made out of skulls, oh, and God. he upholstered <laughs> chairs with people's bodies, right. and all of this, you know, he had lamps, lampshades, and all of, which they do a nod to. Also, uh, yes. the you know they definitely do a nod to those as well, but like. And and when like is it okay to get graphic you also on this because we're because we're doing Texas Chainsaw I just want to make sure oh, like I don't want to know how no I intense think we can go here we can go for it this right. is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode totally yeah fair enough um but you know isolated he was in an isolated little farmhouse away from everybody else which again is what they did in the mm-hmm. movie as well um but they found um they found Bernice he had gutted her like a deer he had hung her up and gutted her like a deer yeah and that very specific way of treating again treating people like animals yeah again gets played back into this movie yeah and um he was living with no electricity no running water um there's just junk everywhere human body objects all over the place they found these crazy things apparently there's all of these rumors like they he made like um like a belt out of nipples, like all this oh just God. crazy, crazy stuff. And, um, yeah, like, like there was, uh, yeah, the, the faces, like people's faces were mounted on the walls as decoration and things like that. So they pulled all, all of these things are being pulled from an actual thing that really happened, Yeah, which is so intense. And I think that that knowledge also makes the movie so much more scary because mm-hmm. he was this guy who, like I can get into all of the crazy details. There's so many like mm-hmm. crazy. I keep saying the word crazy because I can barely wrap my head around right, it. Of and course. I'm just like, Oh my God. Yeah. But, um, but he just sat in his cell when he got arrested. He just sat quietly wow. in his cell. And then, um, 
all he asked for was a slice of apple pie with cheddar cheese on top. And they showed him a picture of the woman that he murdered. Right. And he just started talking. And he just told them. Yeah. But like regular, regular, everyday dude. And just, and like, he was like, I want a piece of apple pie with cheddar cheese on top. And I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Like what, 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 how is like, how is that possible? Yeah. And it just turned into this huge, huge thing. And he, you know, he, but he only confessed to two murders. Right. So he's a murderer. He's not a serial killer. Right. Right. That's like, you know, and, and, and they were two different, two different styles as well mm-hmm. so it wasn't the same thing repeated on a so tra- right yeah mm-hmm. exactly um but then you know and and the whole thing about his relationship with his mother is oh, right. very is very similar to mm-hmm. what's well, that's that's where a lot of the norman bates comes mm-hmm. from is like she was a very apparently a very strong dominant religious very religious woman right who preached that women were incredibly sinful and you should be afraid of them. Wow. And, um, but he worshiped the ground she walked on, but it was right. a very contentious relationship. It was mm-hmm. very, uh, painful, like a painful back and forth love, hate relationship. But he also, he worshiped the ground she walked on. Right. And then she had a stroke, mm-hmm. um, and was, well, also her husband passed away and then his brother, he had a brother mm-hmm. who passed away in a fire but it was a very suspicious fire. They were uh, trying to put out some fires, apparently, and he just went missing. But then when he when when Ed eventually called the cops, mm-hmm. he brought them directly to his brother's body. Wow. So and there were apparently there were rumors that were there were some uh, bruises there that shouldn't have right. been there right. and whatnot. Right. But then it was just him and mother. And then she had a stroke and she was paralyzed, like almost completely paralyzed. Right. And he doted on her hand and foot. And then she had another stroke and she died and mm-hmm. he lost his mind. So it was like, she was the one link that he had to the real world. Yeah. That gave him a purpose. Yeah. And existence. Yeah. yeah. And then he went on in his psychosis to then try to reconnect with that with her right right and so he started digging people up and he kept her room pristine you know in and exactly that was so that that's very norman bates right Um, but you know and then and then there's aspects of buffalo bill Mm -hmm. where he had a he had apparently like a breastplate Mm -hmm. um that he like would that with straps on it so it was literally a woman's torso that he would strap onto his own body and things like that so you're like but but all of these serial like these serial killers in these movies Mm -hmm. are based specifically on one man right and it just but but it just spurned the imagine like the, the imagination of the nation right because he was out of nowhere yeah. Out of nowhere, I, like there was no reason why mm-hmm. and I th- anyone would think. I feel like that kind of thing, and it ties back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre and, and maybe some of these other movies, but I can't totally. help but think of like just the the American, the idea of like this thing that, that is happening in the middle of nowhere in America. Yeah. And so many of us have that sense of there's just nothing going on out there. Right. Or like it's just, you know, it's just you know farm kids on math or whatever right and the idea that there is like 
these fully realized nightmares that are like hiding in pockets of our world that we haven't suspected. You know, mm. we feel like we've identified the dangerous places, you know, like we right. live in New York. It's like, well, Oh, here's right, what's dangerous. Right. Well, and, that's, yeah. and, that's, and, and I think that an important part about that is that that's it's like that type of thinking is incredibly classist. Yeah, of course. It's, you know, it has a lot to do with, um, you know, with, with, uh, what is the word that I'm Capitalism. Capital, yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you. Oh, yeah. God. I was like, that's going to kill me. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very it's very much about capitalism and what our sense of purpose is yeah. in the world and how we as a society value work. Yeah. And then these kind of, these, these jobs that involve like slaughtering cattle mm-hmm. or things like that are now being moved onto like factories and automated yeah. you know, process, which then eliminates a lot of the need for workers and things like that. And, and then all of these folks who, who have purpose, like have had purpose and had jobs and had, mm-hmm. you know, all these things, which I think is, is very much what's happening in this particular movie. Yeah. I mean, that's why they kind of, you know, even in the very beginning, you know, uh, uh, Franklin and then the hitchhiker both are talking about what it's like to kill cattle properly right. and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, it seems like there's this, this desperation and this frustration of like everything that I've known in my life. Like I had like, no matter what my purpose was or no matter whether it's right or wrong, or if I got like some sort of nasty pleasure mm-hmm. out of, out of, um, murdering animals right you know i'm not murdering people right but now you've taken that away from me and so now what am i gonna do and like so so that that like that hairline fracture between sanity and insanity Mm -hmm. becomes like the place where we play in horror movies yeah but in reality like that's something that everyone can appreciate Mm -hmm. is that in this capitalistic society we value work. So what yeah. happens to anyone when you take away their value? Yeah. Like what happens when you, know, you don't have a role in society exactly. anymore? Or when you're, yeah. or, 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 and then, and then on top of that, the world sees you as being a redneck or uneducated yeah. or, or, or just because you have an accent, then you are unintelligent somehow mm-hmm. or something like that. Or like they, they're people are incredibly comfortable throwing around words like redneck mm-hmm. or, like oh god like you know like what are you inbred or something mm-hmm. like that which is nasty and incredibly incredibly cruel right and not actually like why would it why would it be a shameful thing to be a blue collar worker right when, why is that shameful yeah. at all and we have this very strange like dichotomy mm-hmm. where we try to simultaneously lift up blue collar work but then constantly make fun mm-hmm. of of people that are from the midwest or from the right. south or things and it's just like wait a minute wait a minute wait <laughs> right this is so contradictory like how would anybody feel of course people would feel misunderstood and angry yeah. and left out and that like and like they're being pushed to the fringes of decent human interaction because people keep doing that to them yeah. and and still taking away like and and taking away their sense of value by you know not un, like not even remotely understanding what it is that they have to do in order to survive. Yeah, I think this family in some ways, it's like this. I mean, obviously, there's this like thread of black comedy and satire that lives in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I yeah. think there's so much about this this villain family that is like um, this is how so many people see 
you know, these folks in the country in Texas, like totally these, you know, these slaughterhouse workers, even if they still had jobs, it's like, oh, they're just these monsters. They're just these like, um, slow and, and, you know, uh, yeah, like inbred Mm -hmm. and, and just Mm -hmm. like, um, basically animals themselves. Right. And I think then to kind of see that, okay, not only like then here, they're turning the tables and they're, they're actually like, no, we're the humans. You're the livestock. Right. And like, excuse me, we have family structures. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, uh, traditions. We sit down for dinner together. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we still take care of warped, warped way. Yeah. The grandparents are still here. We take care of them. Like there is, there is a family unit here. And I think, um, at the end of the day, they are not, yeah, they're, they're just existing and we just happen to trespass onto their land. Right. Exactly. Um, and their, and, and their morality mm-hmm. is yeah. what is their morality is what is up for debate. Right. Right. Because right. to them, I mean, they're also taking pleasure in the fact that they're being morally abhorrent. Right. right? Like mm-hmm. they, the, and that's the torturing and the mm-hmm. like, Oh, boo hoo hoo. Like when they're making fun of all of their victims and things like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it scary is that they see it and they don't give a shit. Yeah. Right? They yeah. see it and they don't think that there's anything wrong with what they're doing because they've decided that they don't care. Right. But that's not, but like it's such, it's such a weird kind of nasty part of American society that that's what we fear Yeah, is that we fear that, that people we don't understand again, the other, the like, and also remember that like this movie came out right towards the end of Vietnam. Right. Right. So Mm -hmm. we're right in the same space of like of otherness and what that means and like people that aren't like us and, Mm -hmm. and all of that. But, but for the first time it wasn't like an outside source it wasn't someone who was from a different country or a different planet or like you know because sci-fi was really huge in the 70s as well right and things like that it's actually like who can we look at inside Mm -hmm. like very the call is coming from inside the house right like what can who can we look at inside of america that we should that we could fear right and that is yeah and that is you know and and the thing is is that that type of thought has persisted i was gonna say this you in know, so many this ways this is not this is still happening today this is relevant it's totally yeah, relevant completely. and completely. i think with the the tricky conversation of course as someone who is very much um not a trump supporter is that mm-hmm. i can admit that it is hard for me to not see avid trump supporters as not terribly far in terms of like like feeling like having these feelings of like, Oh, you are less of a human being because mm. of these beliefs. I can feel that in myself when mm-hmm. I see that like intense Trumpian energy in Texas, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, you're not, you're not a part of this society, you mm-hmm. know? And like, and it's, it's but tricky also, territory. Right. right. It's, right? It's, well, it's very tricky territory also because how often have we said that about them? Well, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. that's, and that's something mm-hmm. that like, okay, so Trump specifically, I think is, is different because he is a single human being mm-hmm. who is terrifying. Right. And, right. and, you know, and all of the things that come around that with like neo-Nazism coming back into play and all of that is, which is freaking terrifying. It's terrifying. Because oh yeah. It is like that. That is terrorism mm-hmm. in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, 
when people are neglect, like, like when people are neglected Mm -hmm. for so long and when people are the brunt of the joke for so long and no one acknowledges the presence of, of nuance within those groups and those societies and those family structures and those, you know, and all, and all of that, like you get tired yeah. You get tired and you get sick of being the one who's always at the butt end of everything. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, like, I think that a lot of my own identities can understand that. Sure. Of course. You know? Yeah. Like, like I can understand what it feels like to be left behind and feel like all I want is someone to see me. Right. And how desperately I could grab on to certain things in order to think that or that I'm finally being represented in one way or another and then as more information comes out be like oh crap this is not anything that I thought it was Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of what's happening in our worlds right now um I mean there's a lot of 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 what my what my dad tells wrong and strong going on Mm -hmm. which is basically like I was wrong but I'm gonna stick to it because I made a choice and that's what you know and there's a lot of and I've and I've noticed that a lot in in, in a lot of different ways, but, um, but also a lot of people that are going, Ooh, I have to like, we, on, on, on all sides of everything. Like totally. we need, we just need more uh, appropriately for this podcast nuance. We need yeah. more understanding of variety. Mm-hmm. Like, um, one of my, one of my favorite, um, Instagrams is uh, queer Appalachia and I've been following them since day one. Mm. And, they are like very, very positive um, in like reminding people that there are queers in Appalachia. There are yeah. queers everywhere in the world. Not everybody gets to leave. Not everybody wants to leave yeah. places that are painful for them to grow up in. And in fact, not everyone should because mm-hmm. we do need to like be there. We need right. to be in those places. And there's no reason why we should have to leave our homes and leave the places that we love mm-hmm. because of anything, because right. of, because of anybody's, you know, like the whole point is that eventually we learn how to coexist mm-hmm. better and more effectively. And, um, they're also huge in harm reduction, uh, for the opioid crisis that's oh, happening there, God, which is yeah. really, again, super important, really, mm-hmm. really important. Um, but I think that like, as a queer person looking at movies like this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and things like that, which also we can get into as well. Cause there's also some transgender narratives yeah. that are happening here too. And yeah. like some things like that. Um, but like, I think it's really important. And like one of the things that, that I was very, very grateful for upon following that particular Instagram and, and, and noticing the interactions of people on the posts and things like that. It's just how, how deeply sad and frustrated mm. folks are that they just are like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always, always, always left behind. I'm always the butt of the joke. Yeah. And the thing is, is that people think that they're not leaving me, me behind because I'm queer or because of something like that, but you're leaving me behind even more than you're leaving someone else behind right. in this particular situation. Right. Because like, I am like, deeply buried within this yeah. narrative and I'm not even allowed to be here. You don't even think like, I, I don't even exist. In right. Narrative. Like I don't yeah. even exist. Like, like yeah. you don't, you do not think that I exist here mm-hmm. because my existence is different yeah. than if you lived in a major city or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's incredibly important. It's incredibly important and, and powerful and humbling 
to be able to say, I got to do better. I got to do better. Like right the hell now. Yeah. You know, and, and that, and, and, and especially in a time when it's so easy to go not like, and point fingers and Mm -hmm. say, it's all your fault. Right. It's all about you. You know, you're, you're the problem. You're the Mm -hmm. issue when everything that I like that, like it's so natural to want to do that, but it is like, so not the right choice. Yeah. It's so not the right choice. It it almost feels like, oh, this would be a solution is just to recognize, oh, it's these it's these rednecks in the flyover right. states, lots of air quotes on that. Right. Right. And and if, you know, we just, you know, need to extinguish their flame. We just right. in terms of like silence them, shut them down. Right. right. Don't listen to them. And, and listen to how and listen to what that sounds like. Totally, right? right? <laughs> to say that doesn't feel good. No. And it's like no. it's that desperate, like, oh my God, I just it, it's like I it don't, just can't happen. It, it can't, can't happen. happen. It can't I can't happen. reckon with it. Right. You know, I um, sort of a tangent, but I just saw there's this play that um, was huge in the West End in London. It just got to New York called The Inheritance. And it's mm-hmm. this like seven hour gay play. Wow. Um, and it is um, very much a gay play. It is a gay man's play. It gotcha. is. Uh, and I personally don't think there is a compelling need for gay men's stories that are rooted in privilege and based Mm. in new york city Mm -hmm. and mostly white Mm -hmm. um i just don't think there's a need for seven hours of that on broadway right i just and i what i took away from that and you know and i'm not trying to knock the production i just there was a a lot that was very interesting and relevant and whatnot and very beautiful but i just kept thinking the play that i want to see is the like like because again like the other part of this is of this cast everyone was just like dancer bodies broadway yeah. dancer bodies oh yeah like if if the i mean okay i appreciate there was racial diversity in the show but like could more than one character have um uh, a body that isn't you know uh mark fisher fitness trained right. you know what i mean right Completely. and i um it just made, made me kept thinking about the gay community like i want to see i want to see a play about a group of gay friends or queer friends or right. like just a queer person who lives in like somewhere in Ohio. Mm-hmm. It's not a tragic story. They're not mm-hmm. trapped. Mm-hmm. This is just their life. This is what it looks like. Right. They play Dungeons and Dragons with their friends in the yes. basement. I Absolutely. Wanted, right? I want to know that <laughs> yeah. story. I'm yeah. interested in that because I'm not seeing it and it's right. real and it's human. Right. And, and it's more than just someone who wants to get to Chicago, New York, L.A., whatever. Right. It's someone who's like, no, this is where my life is. And there are challenges to it, certainly. Right. I mean, I think, you know, I think so much about, like, app culture and how, mm-hmm. like, in New York, you know, it's just like there's just people on, you know, everywhere surrounding you on this yeah. grid. And that has its ups and its downs. And Absolutely. then I think in those, you know, other places where it's like the closest person is four miles away totally and i'm not really like attracted to him but you know how else am i going to have a sexual experience right and i think that like experience of being queer like Mm -hmm. there's so much about those nuances that just don't exist in the gay play set in new york about a bunch of attractive gay men right you know right right totally Um, and so i feel like those nuances i think that extends to what you're saying as well as like you know yeah, and do I have an idea in my mind of what a, a queer person in Appalachia, like what their life looks like? Mm-hmm. No, but to deny that it exists is like myopic. Like right. why wouldn't there right. be queer people there? Right, You know, of like course. that doesn't, it's not a geographic thing. It's not in the water. No, exactly, <laughs> right. And like, and again, not everyone has the privilege 
to leave. Yeah. But also a lot of people don't want to and they mm-hmm. shouldn't have to. Right. They should not have to. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. Is that there should be people should be able to be wherever they are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if I, they want to leave, they should be able to go. But mm-hmm. again, that is a privilege. That is and that and it's a risk. And oh, it's a right. risk. Yeah. It's just as yeah. much of a risk to leave as it is to stay in any particular situation. Right. And I feel like you it's know? it's not just about do you have enough money to move. It's like mm-hmm. Do you have like the emotional bank account that's full to handle mm-hmm. this huge change, mm-hmm. to leave everything you know, to go to a big city potentially from like a small town in that narrative, right. you know? Or also vice versa. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, because, my God, Because like yeah. stick, stick somebody, you know, from the big city in a small town and they're, they are running in circles. Totally. You know totally. what I mean? I had this fairly sweet moment with um, my friend Nick's Nocturne. We were up at, in Woodstock, New York. Um. And we were we were there for the New York film or the the Woodstock Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, we're showing our we're in a documentary, the Switch and Play documentary. Oh wow! The Night at Switch and Play, um, which is produced by Sour Peach Films, um, and uh, we'll be showing at New Fest this Saturday. Get out! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my or, god! Yeah, which is amazing. Oh. Um, but uh, they will also be performing. It's gonna be fun. You should come. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we were, you know, we were in Woodstock. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of trying to figure out what our life was going to look like and how we were going to do things. We're mm-hmm. all like getting ready in this guy's living room. Right. Um, and uh, they were like, oh, I'll just, you know, get seamless. And we had this moment where I was like, well, well you think there's seamless? Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> you that, know, that's not how this I was works. like, well, yeah. let's find out, you know, maybe, maybe there is. Right. But, you know, and there was like one restaurant and it had like a $30 minimum and a, you know, a two hour wait or something. Right. It was just amazing. But like, you know, but it was one of those things where like, oh, yeah, no, we this is different. Right. Right. This is this is different. <laughs> yeah. We live a different reality that involves yeah. like that convenience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also like kind of looping it back, you can see the difference a little bit in different people's experiences in the opening scene mm-hmm. when you have, you know, all of these hippie folks you mm-hmm. know talking about saturn being in retrograde right. and all that stuff driving down in a van picking up a hitchhiker yeah you know what i mean like yeah. there's 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 a difference there there's a there's a cult there's a, a cultural difference mm-hmm. in the way that they conduct themselves in the way that they yeah and then like they're just the way that they are um in the world well i think that goes back to this like americana cinema thing of like what we're seeing is kind of especially in this era there's there's the family and like the way that they're being represented and then there's kind of like yeah these 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 hippies these kind of like new generation um they're interested in astrology they're Mm -hmm. driving around they've got you know there's a sense of free spiritedness even the van has lots of little details i saw a skateboard in there totally you know and so you get a sense of like what is their life you know the fact that they'll just stop at this old house and check it out like right there isn't the same urgency or the same like uh, focus on survival that the family has because that's right. all this is about right it's totally. just survival like, and and so these these five people who have been asleep to that desperation are woken mm-hmm. up to, or certainly at least are Sally thrown mm-hmm. very much right in the middle of it yes yeah. yes of yeah they are now a part of that that experience just in that they are the commodity yeah they are the barbecue they are yes. you know and I think when you see you know like nature you know films or or clips of like animals being hunted and it's Mm -hmm. like 
it really is that random. Yeah, they that that right. predator picked you, and they could have picked could pick anyone. Anybody. You just run right, the land. Right. Well, yeah. and if you and if you think about the way that it's handled too, is mm-hmm. you've got nubbins on the road. Right. And then they go to the house mm-hmm. and they encounter Leatherface, right? And then they get to the gas station. Mm-hmm. Right? Like like Sally runs back to the gas station mm-hmm. and then cook. Mm-hmm. You know, wax her with the mightiest broomstick right, ever created. Of course, yeah. And puts her, bags her, tags her, and puts her in the truck. Keeps yeah. poking her with the big oh, stick. Yeah. And then brings her back, right? It's literally like lions hunting. Oh, you my God. You know what I mean? It, they're chasing each other. Because also, that was something that I that I thought was really interesting, is that when, um, when Sally does run through the the very creepy, very iconic woods that will mm-hmm. be in every single movie from, you know, in the franchise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. They, every single movie in the yeah. franchise, uh, that, that they, she runs through the woods mm-hmm. and Leatherface is chasing her. And then she goes into the, the, the uh, gas station and he's gone. Yeah. He he's stops. not there. So, and, and he beats them back. Yeah. So literally I was like, first of all, how fast yeah. is that guy? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, because, yeah. Fair. Because, because, um, because cook puts her in a truck. Right. And drives her back. And he still has time to go back and get into dinner drag. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Into, yeah. into dinner drag because also again, What's really interesting is that we're talking about the family dynamic. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that before. Like there is no woman of the house. No, but there you is. You know, this, but, but there is Leatherface. Yeah. Do, you know, being having an effeminate mm-hmm. moment. Yeah. And do you know about that cut scene of Leatherface putting on the drag of the of the mother of the woman of the house, so to speak? There's mm. a there's a scene, and maybe it's on YouTube somewhere, but it is actually a shot of or a, a clip of Leatherface sitting down at a vanity, putting on maybe the the new face is on, and he's putting makeup on the new mm. face, mm-hmm. and it's and I've heard Gunnar Hansen talk about this that he he really saw this as like these were different identities, right. and each mask was an identity, and right. and what we see when when Leatherface has this you know. Um, this lady drag on or whatever Mm -hmm. this is Mm -hmm. that it's a completely different energy it's not as violent it's not he's he's almost non-threatening in a way right and that is different than when he dresses for dinner right well because then also cook doesn't i think it's cook that says get back in the kitchen where you belong yeah right which is literally a parody of of like what a, a, a man might say to his wife mm-hmm. in a 1950s movie or something right. like that. You or know this what I mean? image we have of the like, you know, th- this family in the South, this backwoods family that right. there would be these like, oh, you know, he'd tell us, you know, yeah, I'll get back in the kitchen, ma. You know, right. like there's all right. that's playing on what our assumptions of these people are. Right. Well, and it's also interesting because it's it's like, well, where did they get where did they get those ideas? Yeah. You know, where did they come from? Is it yeah. from watching TV? Right. Was it from like, you know, spying on the neighbors or something? Like you just, you don't really know. Right. But and, they're, mm-hmm. it's like they're parody, they, they're parodying and on top or, or parroting. Right. Almost like not parodying, but like parroting mm-hmm. something. Yeah. There's some and it's model. Hard to t- right. And it's yeah. hard to tell what it is. Yeah. Which is fascinating. Well, it's crazy to think that their closest neighbors were Sally and Franklin's grandparents. Right. Like how long has this coexistence happened? Right. And maybe it was when they had jobs. Right. No. But also, but also Sally and Franklin could have met them already. Yeah. And not known. And not known. 
alone in a yeah. time when when the economy was good for them. Right. And when they were right. What like what, like before Vietnam, when they were still post World War Two. Right. You know, in that kind of economic boom that mm-hmm. happened for a short time, you know, or, mm-hmm. or like and they and they were working at meatpacking plants and things were good. And right. You know, product was moving and shit mm-hmm. was fine. And and then all of a sudden, you know, like. You know they're back at war and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, and they and their and their jobs have become irrelevant because the the meatpacking plant closed. Right, and this know? is purely a matter of okay, well, how are we going to supplement that income? Right, and you know, I I think I think that idea of like oh, well, just turning to people. It's like mm-hmm. well, that seems. I think it seems really like, oh, God, that's like such a huge leap. But then I think, well, no, because when you think about people in, you know, times of war, times of poverty mm-hmm. and desperation, I mean, there's some, it's our social structuring that allows us to to condone certain methods of killing. And there's some, some much dark you know. shit that people yeah. have done. People absolutely selling their kids, all kinds of shit yeah. that we don't even want to think about. Yeah. And here we're being exposed to it. Right. Of like. I mean, there's very much a sort of like vegan vegetarian message of like, this is what, you know, they talk like pigs are very <laughs> yeah. intelligent. Yeah. This is what pigs are going through, basically. Well, and, and in, I think it's the second to last movie. One of the characters does get eaten by a pigs. Oh, He's wow. He's thrown into a, into a pig pen, oh, all maybe, bloody, and he gets eaten. I may have read, seen that in one of those like kill count videos, but yeah. didn't. Cause, yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't watched all of the sequels um, or the iterations that have followed mm-hmm. but um i'm such a purist about the original one that totally. it's, like it's so strange this movie has a sequel you know yeah um or has like backstory because i think yeah i kind of i i i, I kind of wish they didn't because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> it just you know it's it, it i don't think that things need to be explained and i think that that is the kind of joy of hitchcock cinema and Hitchcock style cinema is that you get what you get and you don't get upset. You have yeah. to, you have, you get the information that you get and it's intentional and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's what you get. Yeah. And the movies where he really adheres to that were his biggest successes mm-hmm. for Hitchcock. Cause he sure. had a lot of flops, but he also yeah. had a lot, you know, many successes as well. Um, but like we don't do that well now in yeah. current, like we have to make, three hobbit movies because we have to explain so much you know what i mean like and then like and i love the lord of the rings and i love the hobbit so much but um that was one of those i was like three minutes oh okay we're doing a double trilogy all right i hear you all right all right okay i'll watch it i'm gonna watch it you know i'm gonna yeah exactly which i also thought was really interesting that um i think i think it was the second movie i have to look it up i have so many notes i love Um, it when you showed me your notes i was just like oh thank i came prepared um but I think it was a second movie that Peter Jackson actually turned down directing it. Mm-hmm. Like, three. Yep. Three. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. the third one. So yeah, Peter Jackson was approached because Pete, because that's the thing about Lord of the Rings is that that was his first epic. Mm-hmm. He had only really been directing horror movies. Yeah. He's like before that. New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. completely. Mm-hmm. So, so that's part of the reason why the Lord of the Rings are so immaculate as a series is mm-hmm. because he was like, I need to prove myself. I need to make sure that people know that I can fucking do this shit. Right. But it's really interesting that, um, yeah, he was offered directing, uh, the third, le- the third, yeah, I think it was Leatherface was that's, what it's called. The third, the yeah, third the third one, one yeah. Um, and that's yeah. a weird one. And he one. turned it down because I mean that one, it's like oh, pe- it's bizarre. It's bizarre. There's yeah. like different edits of it, and it's not dark comedy. No, it's just you know the yeah 
the the movies the each one is so different the first one is its own singular experience mm-hmm. the second one is a strange i mean i know that it's going for a totally different energy and a different vibe um yeah well and they and they just but they kind of swap they use the same they use kind of the same bones mm-hmm. yeah almost totally every time yeah so there's somebody driving something usually yep. in the beginning um there's usually a wheelchair involved in something mm. in like almost in everything there's yeah. always dinner there's always grandpa yes um there's usually yeah there's there's always a run through the woods oh yeah there's usually at least one or two laps yep um for sure um i think yeah the third oh yeah the third one is where they try, they give him the golden chainsaw mm, and that yeah. was interesting too because the family then became supportive so rather than being super abusive towards each other they were actually like super supportive of one another. Right. Which is an interesting shift. Yeah. I kind of like that but. there's this tension in the family in the original. I like that they are these, like, I just yeah. think about the nights when they're not killing someone. Like, there's probably all kinds of weird fights and tension totally. arguments. Totally. Well, and, and in this, and in the second one, like, the first one, I think, had a little bit of dark comedy. Like, yeah. especially with Grandpa being the best one at killing and then he just keeps dropping the hammer. It's right. very slapstick. Yeah. Um, but, and, and they, they, they were like small mm. moments of that in, in the first one. And then in the second one, they leaned into it hard, hard. Yeah. Um, with, uh, especially with, um, um, Oh God. Chop top. Chop top. Chop Thank top. Thank you. My yeah. brain just went, that's too much information. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Chop top. Who is Nubbin's twin brother. Right. Right. And right. he had, he was like, wasn't the story that he was actually in Vietnam and then. Right. And he, and he got his shell blasted off. Of right. His head. Yeah. And so he has a titanium plate in his head or yeah. something like that. Something that he's scratching he keeps, at. With, uh, oh, God, that detail. Uh, oh, so gross. Yeah. Um, but the thing that I love about that is that the actor who plays him. Um, I have to, I'll, I will find it. I promise Mosley? you it's not going to be. Yes. Bill Mosley. Thank you. Yeah. I was like, Bill Mosley. Yeah. yeah. So he got that part because he may, he, he starred in a, or like co-starred in a, um, in a, uh, it, the Texas Chainsaw Manicure. Oh which yes. Which was a parody oh. video. Mm-hmm. And um, Hooper saw it and loved it and cast him. Wow. And the thing that's so interesting about that is I think that that character radiates big Beetlejuice energy. Oh my God. Wow. You know what I mean? Yes. Like really big Beetlejuice energy. Like even some of the, like the design is similar. It's kind of green. Yes. And with yeah. the, the teeth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's very like, Oh, I'm just this weird wacky guy yeah. doing a weird wacky thing. And, and you're going to, you know, stretch is going to show me like all the things that, you know, it's like, there's my armadillo and there's my thing and all that, you know, which right. I, I like the armadillo comes back over and over again. Oh, the armadillo, of course. Which is nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Which the set designer um, actually taxidermied that himself in the first movie. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. That one that's laying on the road. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And well, and that's the thing I think that like, oh, God, that that is, that was something that I definitely wanted to talk about is the set dressing. Yeah. And like Robert Burns, I think, who was the the person who did the props. Mm -hmm. Um in the first he did all of this like set design. he built all of those bone sculptures oh and things like that yeah and it just sets such an incredible mood yeah for the whole movie like just having everything exist in this world where like there's just bone decor 
everywhere yeah. and all over. It just, it's so good. And he apparently like, like drove from farm to farm to farm, like right. sourcing these, these oh things. God. And just it's so, but like, like having these like as sculptural pieces that couch all over yeah. the couch yeah, yeah with the human head skull in the mm-hmm. middle as that centerpiece and like there's just like a chicken why is there a chicken in a cage oh like, yeah I guess, like, but it's always there right um i mean those little nuances yeah it's like it's so good it's so good and it's so so important and it doesn't like, tell us everything no it tells us actually nothing no it just tells us <laughs> oh this isn't good and i love yeah. that scene where i hadn't appreciated how much time is spent when pam is in there of showing us that room yeah totally she's knocking things over so we can see it right right well and they kind of give that little foreshadowing that that's what's going to happen because Kirk finds the tooth right and puts it in her hand and she's like fuck you Kirk how dare you and yeah. like goes to go sit on that swing mm-hmm. that 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 porch swing thing where yeah. then we get that iconic booty shot oh my god from I mean, underneath that, that they oh. then try to recreate in two or three of the other movies and it just right? doesn't work it doesn't work it's the magic it's of it happening the first time completely yeah and apparently the actress was like a little bit um a little bit nervous about that because she was just like there are my cheeks just right. in just on hd full screen totally okay. totally and now she's like yeah it's fine yeah it's like yeah that was i looked <laughs> real good yeah, yeah she's like no nah, i'm good with it yeah 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 but like oh god like I, that that whole but that whole setup mm-hmm. of like everything kind of there's all of these little breadcrumbs that lead you yeah back to where yeah, it's you need to go. Right. I feel like the you know? those details tell us like when Kirk and Pam first get to the house mm-hmm. and they see all the cars that are like under in that shed. Yeah. And there's and even like the stuff hanging in the trees, like there's like a clock with a nail through it. Yeah. And I kind of feel like and I know this is reading in, but it's in the details, so go we're allowed it. to Please read. Go I right think that there's some of that because to me what it feels like is everything I think we would kind of mention this earlier, that everything mm-hmm. that kind of happens in this movie it's like we leave reality and yeah. we go into this other nightmare world. And it, like what I, I used to kind of have a problem with the ending and Sally getting to the road and there happens to be an 18 wheeler and there happens to be a pickup right. truck, which, which we'll talk about that in a second because like, I want to know what happened to oh. an eight week 18 wheeler driver. Right. Like, where did he go? Where did you go? I know. I think about that all the time. <laughs> and I used to think, Oh, that was such a deus ex machina to have them show up. Mm-hmm. But the way I see it now or the way I've kind of like resolved it is that what that is telling us is Sally is returning to reality and what's mm. happening at the end of a of a driveway is a 18 wheeler doing his his commute with what appears to be a cattle truck yeah. which is interesting uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know or just a pickup truck doing a morning drive and right. that sudden return to reality and then that sudden like just carrying her out of there totally. to, it's just like a signaling of like returning yeah just returning to reality yeah, returning yeah. to like this is this and, nightmare was going on and i yeah, yeah. And, I, and i love that she like her response is to cry and then laugh oh and that hysteria which oh. apparently was real oh she because yeah it. because because that whole like also like like the, the there were so many scenes that happened for like so long like mm-hmm. the dinner scene took like oh over God. 24 hours to shoot and mm-hmm. it was like in the middle of summer yep. in texas with blackout curtains on the windows and lights rotting and corpses par- rotting, and, yeah. oh, rotting meat they were yeah. using real meat and apparently so many people got sick yeah and like yeah the um yeah yeah lots of people like actually got sick but um you know just that like hysteria yeah. also to me shows that like sometimes when you experience something like that 
this is, I mean, I'm going to loop it back to the Lord of the Rings. Actually, yeah. the thing that I really respect about the Lord of the Rings as well, and about a lot of these types of stories, is that you're not saying everything's going to be okay. Oh, because yeah. Because you don't, when you experience anything like, you know, anyth- anything, I've experienced things that are like not even remotely like in the same ballpark as traumatic as that. And mm-hmm. it changes you. Yeah. It changes you. There's no way that it can't. Right. You, you yeah. have to be changed by something like that. Yeah. And so to have her just being like, you know, fuck you, Leatherface. I finally got away from you. But yeah. also like, what the heck? Just like whatever comes out of her is coming out of her. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and like, I whatever's really, left of her. very human. Yeah. In that moment. And she gets to be human again. Oh, yeah. She's a human again. That's such she a good becomes, point. You know what I mean? She becomes, she stops being like a terrified rabbit running away from like from the foxes right and 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 starts to to reemerge as a as a human again oh that's so i've never connected that that that's sally's return to humanity Mm -hmm. and and i totally agree i love that because to me i i can't watch a horror movie where everyone dies i don't Mm -hmm. know what the point of me sitting through that was if everyone's gonna die Mm -hmm. but i also i agree with you i think this experience I value when someone leaves it changed because that like that's so in line with how this movie is portraying the emotional violence and the psychological violence and like I I love that the tagline is who will survive and what what's left will be what will be left of them right like what's left of her I mean like and and you know and she does a cameo in like a much later oh, film, yeah. but like you don't, you don't know. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's, I mean, I would, I would know. know how to come back to reality. No. Um, and I think that I always think about how, like what we see in the end, like, cause there is that focus on her, like losing her mind at the table and the close ups of her eyes and just like, Oh yeah. You can see like those side shots where her full eyeball is illuminated and yeah. you can see every little vein yeah. in her eye. And what that yeah. tells me is this, like, what you have to think about what is she seeing what is she taking in what trauma is she seeing but also that's what that's what when you know that an animal is really afraid that's where you see it is in their eyes yeah because their eyes get huge and they start to roll yeah that's like especially with cattle Mm -hmm. cattle roll their eyes when they're really really scared so i mean again it story checks out right exactly (laughs) she's having that and i think what happens there in that after that Sally, I feel like there are moments where, when I did an episode on this like a year ago, I talked about how Sally, what I love about her is this like um, willful persistence to live. Yeah. Like what carries her through like that, I mean, that hammer scene is one of the most unbearable moments of of, of any movie I've ever mm-hmm. seen, of just them trying to hit her. Mm-hmm. When she finally breaks free, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like, it, it, sometimes watching this, sometimes I just like, stand up. I'm like, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. And we see yeah. this so many times, and you're yeah. still just like, holy shit. Just but like, it's, jump. But it's, yeah. but it's so, but like, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. there's, and, the, and like, and the thing is, is that that is, it is, it is horribly comedic. Oh it my is god, yeah. Awful. It is awful that in that moment of absolute just just terror and like god, like this is the worst. This is the worst. The worst. I can't even like even empathizing with it gently puts me into a tailspin. You Same. know what I mean? It's like god, oh my this god, is yes. Far too much. It's far too much. Mm-hmm. But then to but then like to actually have her be able to leave. Also like she is a badass because that that woman jumps through not one but two windows. Yeah, I love that. Like, yeah, 
that is not an easy thing to yeah. do. And she like, she jumps out of a two story window and then she jumps out of a set, like the mm-hmm. first floor window, but she just like, like plows through that glass. Like yeah. it's nothing. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, 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 but she actually like, she gets to fight a yes. little more. And yes. like that little bit of extra fight gives us something to, it gives us like a chance to inhale. Totally. In I feel way, like that you know? moment when she leaps through the window and then, I mean, it's like that, I mean, just her acting is so incredible. Like what she mm-hmm. rings out of herself is just mm-hmm. so impressive. And yeah. she has that part where she's like looking around like on her hands and knees on the ground. And it's, to me, I think that's her waking up out of this just like animalistic experience. Yeah, well, because how could you? How could you not be in complete lizard brain? Oh, completely. When that's happening, and then I think you know? her running up the road at that point, it like the the way I have seen it is because it is like he's just slashing at her. Yeah, and because I just love Sally so much, what I want her inner narrative to be is like, you are gonna have to take me down in my tracks. Yeah. I am not giving up. Like yeah. I. I, I, she's one of my favorite final girls, not because of how hard she fights back like some other girls do or, or women or whoever folks do, right, right, right. but because she just refuses to quit. She jumps yeah. through windows. She, I mean, what she endures and to still survive that, I'm, I mean, you, to look at her at the end, just drenched in blood of her oh, own yeah. blood, you know, and, and to be just driven mad. I think like I'm with you. I can't empathize with her for a moment because it's too upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. just like the endurance that she has. A hundred percent. And we see this again to go back to these like nature videos. There are these animals that like just, I remember seeing this one video and it ends happily. And so people kind of like went around and it was just this like, I think it was like this little gecko eluding some other predator yeah. and all of the crafty ways it just wouldn't give up yeah, to get completely, away. Completely. And I just feel like it's the same thing where she just doesn't give up. Right. Um, and, but like it, but like actual prey doesn't fight back. Right. You know? Right. Right. Because it's not about, it's right. It's not about revenge in that moment. It's just about survival. Right. Right. And it brings, you know, and, it brings us down to like what, what we are base made out of, like what, you know, like, like we understand as animals that have bullied our way to the top of the food chain, Mm -hmm. essentially, Mm -hmm. um, are, are, you know, like we're still, but we are still animals. Yeah. And we can still access the parts of our brain and the parts of our like instincts that tell us either you got to view it is fight, flight or freeze. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the lizard. That's yeah. it. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, and, 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 you know, you're, if you're put into a situation, are you going to freeze? Are you going to fight for your life? Or are you just going to fucking run? Yeah. I'm going to run. That, Where I are we? That, that part of ourselves. what I think is so fascinating is how we in some ways don't even have like control over when that switches on. Oh, not at all. It's, it just yeah. happens. And, um, it's, you know, it's kind of like this other side of ourselves that I don't, we don't really know, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I know my experiences of when I've been somewhat lizard brain and again, right. never to the extent of what she's going through. And it is in some ways it is a different version of myself. Mm-hmm. All of my yeah, human of bullshit is gone. Yeah. My, oh, I don't want to bother anyone. Or like, oh, that's just gonna, you know, that I don't want to like, that's, that's, that's not the best response right. to have. Yeah. They might think I'm crazy or annoying Nobody or whatever. Ca- yeah. When you're in that moment, it's like, nope, no, I don't give a shit. I don't. Yeah. And I it's kind care. of liberating. Yeah. Um, 
in a way, it, I mean, I don't want to exist in that that energy all the time. No, but that adrenaline is real. Oh, that adrenaline is real. Yeah, and and you can. Humans are amazing. They are. Humans can do things that you don't ever expect them to be able to do or mm-hmm. to handle. And you know, I think I think that a lot of times horror movies, what they do as well is they call us to think about like. Could I survive that? Yeah. Oh, you know, God, yeah. could I? Like, because mm-hmm. even if you don't want to think about that, you're mm-hmm. always like, "What would I do? What would I do in that situation? Like, right. how how would I? Like, you know, because of course we can all be like, "Girl, just don't ever go into basements ever." Yeah. But also, like, you know, like, what 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 would I? What would I, what yeah. would I do? Like, what would I do if I were in a situation like that? Like, yeah. could I? Could I? I mean, like the endurance factor alone. Like, oh, I'd run all I the need, way to Amarillo. You uh, know? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Like. You know, um, and some people you can see do better than others where some just scream and run and scream and run. And other people can like, you know, like with the whichever one Jessica Beale was. In, oh, yeah. She hot wires a car twice. Oh, my God. In she... a moment of like super intense, you know, and there are some people who are actually like that where mm-hmm. like those are people who are great EMTs yes. you know because yes. like in mm-hmm. their in in their crisis moments they're just like okay this is the list of things we have to do and we have to do it right now mm-hmm. you know yeah one of my friends is a is a nurse and what she always says is like when she used to work in ER mm-hmm. and um and what she would always say is like things that I could never tell you relaxed I will rattle off so quickly when I'm in an emergency situation totally. like if you asked me to remember something I would be like um uh this is what it is yeah. and then and then but when i'm in an emergency situation like i don't even know what's coming out of my mouth but i know right. it's right right because i'm not thinking about it it's just instinctual it's mm-hmm. exactly what it like i know this in my bones and i'm just gonna out yeah. it comes it's that reminder that yeah. our instincts are are mostly correct and our mm-hmm. instinctual decisions are informed by something that we don't have access to right and our brains do things and have the capability of doing things that we are just on the very very tip of even beginning to understand yeah yeah because we haven't had to access this animal space we haven't mm -hmm. had to survive like this and i guess when you see i mean stories of people in war-torn countries whatever and the the things they do when i hear stories of of people who've escaped you know, traveled through three countries to get asylum somewhere else to get mm-hmm. away from an awful situation. Mm-hmm. I think, like, good God, literal like, superheroes, literal. Like, I, I just yeah. don't know where you get the reserves, but I think I'm thinking of that from my human ego based mind. Well, also from from a safety, of course, from mind. From my, you know what I mean? My cozy apartment like, right, in Astoria, right? Right? Yeah. Like, you know, from from a place of safety, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, of course. It's it's hard to be, you know, to to think like oh, yeah. about those types of things but like but if, if you had it. to but if you had to do it mm-hmm. you might surprise yourself right and you know? i mean i remember one time um driving like i was some sort of thing in college we all went to and we flew into new york and then we were driving back up to ithaca and it was snowing and i was driving and two of my friends in the car and like shouldn't have even been on the road the snow was coming down so hard and we've right. just been traveling for so long and probably had like 45 minutes left of the trip and it's just like one long road to get to ithaca and i'm trying to go really slow and you know, you're, and I think I I don't think I pushed it too far, but like just shouldn't have been on the road at all. Right. The car started to lose control and flew into like a uh, a, a ditch on the side of the road, like oh a little gosh. you know, uh, and we were all fine, and we were on the edge of some woman's farm. She we it, everything worked out fine, but it was you know? terrifying, terrifying. And yet, when the once the car like when that all happened, 
I was so like I was in control in a sort of surprising way. Like right. once we like stopped moving, I was like, okay, everyone's okay. Okay, we're gonna here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna yep. open the window. Like yeah, fully in control. Yeah, and it was um. Again, it's like, okay, I know I have that in me. Yeah. I don't want course. to go through this again, but I know right. I can do oh, yeah, this. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, that was that was something that I I also learned about myself mm-hmm. um, in my lifetime. I've done uh, backcountry, like, wilderness first responder training and oh, God, things yeah. like that, mm-hmm. um, you know, which was really fun and also scary. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, but uh, I, I figured out... There's just somebody with like the loudest walk. Ever oh, I right know. I, I, I feel like at some point I, I, I haven't had an upstairs neighbor in so long and I've somehow managed to get, yeah, like. Like a stomper who also doesn't believe in carpet. I mean, take <laughs> your shoes off. Ugh. It's, it's, it's very impressive. Yeah. Actually. It's, um, yeah, I'm hoping, I think maybe she just moved in. So I'm hoping the carpet's on the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, but, but so I, there's this very funny story about how. I like, I, I kind of learned, you know, because there's something called the bystander effect that mm-hmm. comes into play. I think also is utilized quite well in horror movies sometimes too. Um, is a bystander effect is like when you see somebody get hurt or something happen on the street and everyone else stands around waiting for someone to do something. Yeah. Because everyone's going, well, I'll go when somebody else goes. Right. Or like, well, somebody else is going to take care of it. And then everyone just stands there. It's like the Kenny um, Genovese or Kenny Genovese. Yeah. Case. And yeah. then, they, yeah. And they just, and it's like, no, you, like somebody's got to break the tension and somebody's got to move. Yeah. Um. And, and so that's usually when they, when you do training and things like that, that's why they tell you to start giving orders, but very directly. Yeah. So if you walk in, to a scene or as something's and you've you've checked and made sure everything is safe mm-hmm. obviously for you to enter like don't run into oncoming traffic necessarily unnecessarily or something like that but you run over or do you get over there and you start pointing specifically at people you individual in the red shirt you call 911 you individual with the with the blue pocketbook get over here help me hold the person's head like you say very specifically what it is that you need from specific people yeah. because then they snap out of that right. like mode of just being frozen and and will do what they need to do, but some there's always one person that has to be the one that's like I got I got this and yeah. I can start. You have to like the start process. the fire. You have to be like the match. Totally, yeah. totally, yeah. Um, and that happened actually in my parents' kitchen once. Um, my my parents have one of those little apple corer uh-huh. things, and I don't know how it happened, but my dad was reaching for something in the cabinet. Um. And it was hanging up, oh. and I don't know why it was hanging. Yeah, and it fell, and it kind of like guillotined oh, part of god. his finger. Oh god! And uh, and and everyone was just kind of standing around looking at him, and I just kind of ran over and like shoved his hand in the sink and like started running. It's like some, right. some cold water over it, right. and like was like, "Mom, I need you to call." Mm-hmm. You know, like I or I need you to like you know like get in the car and we're going to the hospital and right. like Darcy, I was my sister. I need you to grab bandage. Like, you know, like it just mm-hmm. immediately was like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And yeah. you know, and my father was just like cursing, yeah, you know, yeah. beyond all measure and As like, you know, all that does. stuff. And yeah. then, you know, and, and that was it. But you know, it's those, those types of moments that like, mm-hmm you all of a sudden realize, oh, okay, I wouldn't be totally useless in an emergency yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I could survive it. Right, you right. Know, like, I feel like Night of the Living Dead is a great model of like, yes. could I survive it? Yes. Like that energy oh, can survive yeah, it. For mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. And, and like, you know, 
not um, Final Destination because nobody gets out of that one alive. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, those I'm just like, well. <laughs> well, I, what's the point? What's the point? I know how this ends. This is just murder porn at this exactly. point. Exactly. So, which is awful, but whatever. Which I think is a good, that's a good point to, to tie back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre of like oh, yeah. the way that, I mean, I'm. I was going to say, what are we talking about? Oh, I, anything <laughs> we want. I'm loving all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that, uh, the reputation that it has, the, even the, the title, even like mm-hmm. what it suggests, I feel like um, it's, I love that it has this reputation of being this like disgusting, awful, violent thing, but it really is about all of these things that we are talking about. Mm-hmm. These, the, you know, how to access your animal side, what happens when you are the animal. Right. Um, what, what happens when people start thinking of other people as animals. Which, I mean, of like, like... Of, like, animals that are below them on the food chain. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is, again, very interesting. It's very interesting to be put in that position. Yeah. Because, again, we have bullied our way through nature to the top yeah. of this food chain. Um, to the point of creating hierarchies within being human. Yeah. You know, it's exactly. like... Exactly. Because we are certainly putting humans in cages you know what i yep. mean things like that so it's like yep. we will create those those delineations even within you know the human race because totally. it's like there's still that you know the hunter predator thing it's like there's no way to shut that off in people of like there are still people that need to be hunters and need to yep. feel like predators and and identify other people as prey it's just the prey could be, I mean, like my day job is like, you know, I'm not a salesperson, but in like there's, you know, alongside digital advertising and whatnot. And sure. like salespeople are just predators. Mm-hmm. They're just, the prey is looking for, you know, the weak negotiator is yeah. like looking for the opportunity. And yeah. the the kill is the money. The kill right. is the ad campaign that then goes towards their commission. Right. And I think that what we've done is we've just taken this primal function Mm -hmm. and we've put it into all of these seemingly sort of quote unquote benign models like you know um making money or you know Mm -hmm. being ambitious like all of that is just you know being a cfo or yeah yeah Yeah. and i think that like for a lot of people what that requires is having to yeah see yourself as the the alpha dog as the main predator as the one who's going to eat first and eat the most yeah um and i think what texas chainsaw massacre does is it not only shows us that side of ourselves it shows us or it has us identify with and empathize with the one who is made animal Mm -hmm. and i think that that's it's the kind of thing where I'm like, did this movie even know what it was doing? You know? Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's the thing that's really interesting about how much like, especially in horror cinema, Mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, um, academia, like a kind of academic breakdowns and things like that. There's so many papers that have been written and so many like people that have like gone in and tried to interpret like every single second of the film and things like that. And I Mm -hmm. think, you know, in a lot of ways, um, much like Shakespeare, Mm -hmm. it has layers yeah, and layers that are intentional layers that are not intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, like kind of like it's aged well. Oh my God. Yeah. Like the, the the point that it's making has shifted enough over time with the way that our you know co- like g- collective community has shifted mm-hmm. that it still holds relevance yeah and because of that then we're able to look back on it and put new 
nuance to it, yes. new narration to it, new understanding of what this could possibly be like and things like that. Where like in reality, maybe they just were like, this is a really scary story. Yeah. It's a perfectly scary story mm-hmm. because it's nothing you would expect. And it hits on all of the things that we have deemed to be uh, societally grotesque. Mm-hmm. And so let's stick them all in the same place and see what happens. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, and, and this is, it's based on a story that actually happened. Mm-hmm. So then by loosely alluding to the fact that like, it is a true story or it's based on true events. Then mm-hmm. like people are like, what the hell? And that gets into that part of their lizard brain yep. where they're like, Oh my God, this is a thing that could have actually, and then, and then when they mm-hmm. hear the, um, the Gein story, they're going, Oh my God, is that what it was like when I'm watching Texas Chainsaw, you know, mm-hmm. Chainsaw Massacre? Am I watching that go down in yes. some way or not? You know yeah. what I mean? Are like you showing or in certain me that? ways. Yeah. Um, or like, or like it, it puts then context into real fears and things and starts to play around with those things. Mm-hmm. And that like, of course, you know, of course it's going to stand the test of time and be able to be layered and, and um, reinterpreted in different ways, depending on. Yeah. That's not, that makes sense. Know. Yeah. That there is, it's just the, the structure of it, the model of it, the con, the conceit yeah. of it. It's kind of like, I mean, I think of like the movie Network from, I think, 1976. Mm-hmm. That movie is so timely of 1976 mm-hmm. and so timely of 2019. Yeah. And it's like, how how is it possible? But it's like, there are just, and I think it's just this kind of like magic of you've mm-hmm. just chosen to tell a story a certain way mm-hmm. that is at its core, like, an ongoing narrative you know and you know and this one it is it's just a very raw almost simple story of um survival on both sides Mm -hmm. you know and that never ends that doesn't go away uh and i think i also think anything especially now that is giving us a a a look at america and i kind of liked what you said towards the beginning of like this sort of apocalyptic kind of view of America mm-hmm. because I mean when you listen to like the news stories on the radio at the beginning mm-hmm. all of them are dark and like yep. you know cholera outbreak a building collapses this happens that right. happens right. the world is on fire yeah and I think that like we are feeling that so much right. now that it's it makes me feel like what what is the horror story that like what could be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre of today? Right, you right. Know? Well, and the uh, and so many of those types of stories involve monsters that just want to see the world burn. Yeah, these monsters are trying to survive. Yeah, it just so happens that they also really enjoy the hunt, mm-hmm. and that is terrifying yeah but like the thing is is that it's not just that they're that they're just that they they want to burn the world to the ground and they recognize no masters and they are the ones in charge Mm -hmm. it's literally that they're trying to survive and they get pleasure from it yeah and i mean in some ways it's like how is that any different than so many other people who are Mm -hmm. like like, I don't know, I think about people who do, like, multi-level marketing. And yeah. it's, like, you know, totally swindling their friends on Facebook. And it's, like, you know that you're preying on your weak, yep. influential friends. You're ones who are going to fall for this bullshit. Yep. And there has to be some pleasure in that conquer. In, like, knowing that you've, knowing that you know how to break someone down. Right. And, like, break through their and weaknesses. And convince them. Yeah, and convince them. To do what them. it is you want them to do. Yeah, I think that yeah. we've just we've just modified these instincts to something that won't put us in jail, you yeah, know, completely. Um, or, and won't, and won't again, and won't 
but you know, uh, um, trip up our morality meter. Right. Oh, totally. Cause yeah. you can do something and you can frame it through like, Oh no, I like, for this the, is my job. It's my job. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm presenting opportunities. I'm, cre- I'm that's, it's all of this like brainwashing. Right. And I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, the way that this, you know, for Sally to survive, for this family to survive, mm. for these multi-level marketing folks to do the shit they're doing, <laughs> it's all about like what, what brain mindset you have to access, you Absolutely. know, like where you go mentally to, to endure. Right. All and the, in a yeah. weird way that makes Leatherface kind of a sympathetic character. Mm-hmm. Oh, cause he's just doing his little best. He's like, just doing his best. <laughs> and, and you know? when we see how afraid he is of the cook and like yeah. how he's like, you know, I, I promise I got them all in that way. He communicates. It's, mm. Yeah, I feel bad for him. And when yeah. he, at the end, when he's sent out to chase after her, mm-hmm. um, I always think about the end of the movie after the movie's over. Like, mm-hmm. he has to go back to that house and not only say that his brother's dead, but that she got away. Right. Like, then what? Right. You know? Freaking, ter- he must be terrified. Terrified. And, like, then what? Because his brother is, like, basically his keeper. Mm-hmm. And so he is, like, you know, sort of unmoored or you know rudderless in a way and that like mm-hmm. he's he has these basic functions i i kill i prepare the food I, this mm-hmm. is what i do he like he, i i just don't know how he's gonna function you right. know and so yeah like right. it's crazy that i i totally see leatherface as a very human um person as you know yeah. with uh and even if there is some sort of like developmental thing or whatever i i think that's just part of his humanity you know, it's like, yeah, there may, maybe he has been this way since birth, but he ha- clearly has the same, he has anxieties, right. he has fears. Well, and they, know? and they definitely, there's like a couple of different backstories, of course, that they try to give him in some of the, like one version of the backstory is that he was raised in a household where this was, you know, this is what they did. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was, this is how he's been taught since day one. And he couldn't. You know the the one story is that he could he could not, you know, enact his first kill, mm-hmm. and so he got you know sent away, and there's all this stuff, right? Um, and then the other is that he's like was born deformed, and mm-hmm. that were like with a physical deformity or mm-hmm. no skin deformity or th- something like that, and then that drove him mad because he was put in the trash or so there's all the again like there's like the the, the continuity in the series is garbage oh yeah it's like all over the (laughs) it's all over the place but like it's 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 interesting because again i don't think that it needed that i don't i don't Mm -hmm. particularly think that it needed like a whole bunch of explanation i like being able to theorize for myself about a character about Mm -hmm. like what happened or what I think happened and things like that or how he or like I think that one of the things about a lot of um like that the the fear of the unknown is the fact that a lot of times we don't know why people do yeah things like this we don't understand we don't understand it Mm -hmm. and so like let me let me do that like don't Mm -hmm. you know but but of course they you know they uh they want to yeah, like create this world. They want to create a world where everything makes sense. And and you know what? Sometimes shit just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And I think, again, that's like, part of the charm of the original movie is that there's something almost like, what the fuck just happened? Right, for sure. And like the, you know, and, and while there's all of this, again, backstory about gain and all of that, like another, like the family, I think, was kind of based off of 
I think if I'm remembering this correctly, um, Dean Coral and Elmer, Elmer Wayne Henry, oh, I know. which were yeah. two other serial killers who kidnapped and murdered over 30 boys. Oh, God. Um, yeah. And it was really, really heinous. And, and it, the, the thing that was really, I guess, appealing to the public in the, in the way of like, like the morbid fascination was that um, Coral's family owned a candy factory Oh, wow. and they would like give away free candy. And so this wow. duality of existence of like having these two completely different personalities, mm-hmm. which is again, where like, where, where other famous, you know, um, serial killer identities mm-hmm. in movies have come from right. and things like that is, is this mm-hmm. idea of like, what if you lived a totally secret life yeah. Where this was what was happening. Right. Like American Psycho, like Patrick yeah. Bateman, that idea of like yeah. you could have this completely like Patrick, veneer. Oh, oh, American Psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, my brain went. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, yeah. That's, like, that's right. Yeah. Or am I this saying complete, Jason Bateman? No, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I mean, one of the Batemans. But like, one of those Batemans. What, yeah. the, the, but right, this complete veneer yeah. on the world and being like, and then that's how he opens it, where he is very, you know, like I do all of these things to make me seem normal, but I am a shell. Yeah. Right. And like, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that is, that appeals to people's morbid curiosity because it's literally like, how, how do mm-hmm. you exist in these ways? And I think that what's really interesting is that this family does not do that. Right. It's not, they're not repressing mm-hmm. that tendency they're just going this is who we are yeah and if you stumble across it then you're probably gonna get it yeah yeah and just i think FYI. you know like the cook is kind of like the most sort of normal quote-unquote uh visage of this family and he yeah. he runs the gas station he appears to be a nice guy I and, mean, but he but he shepherds people on yeah yeah to, he never has gas right i mean that's the thing you right? realize like yeah this is an elaborate trap them. yeah he shepherds them on for sure yeah um, it's, yeah, it's really, I mean, that idea of them all being like lions, like preying yeah. on them, like, yeah, that you've, totally. you've stepped into a trap. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so much. Well, what I was going to, I was going to ask you a question. Yo, please go for it. What is your least favorite thing about Texas Chainsaw Massacre? My least favorite thing. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think my least favorite thing. Oh boy, mm-hmm. what a tricky one. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. You know, it's funny. I watching it, and and this is the closest I can I can get to it. Is that what I? It's a least favorite thing, and it's something that I also loved about it. Is like watching it last night. Um, mm-hmm. My boyfriend John, like after it was over, he said there was just this feeling of like, got it, just like it just like ended. It was so quick. It just like yeah. happens. It just, there isn't like the same beats that like a remake would have, you know, right. like, you know the, the remake with Jessica Biel and all of the like different beats that it hits and it kind of takes more of a narrative time. Right. Whereas this, which it, is very realistic. It's obviously. very, yeah. Whereas this, I mean, it just, there's no narrative. It's yeah. just happening. And, and then it's over. And it's over. And it can feel a little abbreviated, like mm-hmm. in comparison, for as much as Sally goes through mm-hmm. the dinner sequence, for example, I think people have this idea of like this big, huge set piece mm-hmm. and lots of like blood and, and guts and friends' bodies dragged it's not, out. It's just torture. It's just, it's just torture. psychological torture for 10 minutes. Yeah. And I think yeah. that that, I can see the appeal of it being this larger set piece, but I, 
and I can feel the almost like let down feeling or the disappointment of it not being bigger. Mm-hmm. But then I think that's part of why I love this movie. Totally. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want it to be more, but then if it was, it wouldn't be the same. Absolutely. So you kind of like, you you hate it for the fact that it doesn't give you everything you want, but you love it for the fact that it doesn't yes. give you everything you want. Yes. But it leaves you watching more, wanting more a little bit. Exactly. Totally. Exactly. What is your favorite detail? Like, My, random oh. detail oh. from the movie. Okay. I, um, I mean, it has to be anything Marilyn Burns, Sally related. Mm-hmm. I... I think there's so many moments of, of just like incredible acting, but I think there's this one moment when Leatherface is chasing her and as she's getting to the gas station, he's like right behind her and I, she may be like grabbing her head, but she yeah. is screaming and it's her, it's, and just it's the bloody murder. Yeah. Thing. And it's, and her eyes are wide open. It's this moment of like, and it's this, this ties back to, um, Pam reading her horoscope and mm. there's this part where she says there will be moments where you can't believe this is happening like what's happening is real and uh, pinch yourself and that's it really good, is and that's a good that's a good tie back right and yeah. she and I just think I love there a are, good holler back right a good act one gun and I just love that moment where it's like there are moments where Sally is like and that in particular, she is screaming in like, are you fucking kidding me? Energy. Right, like, like what else could you possibly bring at me? Yeah, right now? there's just shock. that they, that, And I, I, I think that is one of my favorite details is that Sally, we see Sally's experience not of, I mean, certainly violence, physical violence, but of terror so awful that you can't even contextualize it as reality. right. right. All that you know, the only thing you can do is gutturally scream. Yeah, yeah. Um, which bears the question: What is your favorite nuance and detail? Um, the cinematography, I think, is brilliant. Ugh. I love. There's certain like I mean, there's a certain reason why the shots are the, the like there are there is a reason why certain shots are iconic. That's yeah. the phrase I'm trying to say. Yes. Um, like the the um the gas station has a sign mm-hmm. over it that says W E Slaughter Barbecue. Oh. So it's We Slaughter Barbecue. I've never <laughs> noticed that. So it's like these little like tiny little things yeah. that are in there that are like so you don't even notice it unless mm-hmm. you like slow it way way down and then just right. kind of like start freeze framing every 20 seconds. But like the shot where she gets off the bench and is, or the swing and mm-hmm. is walking towards the house. And then the, and then the very quickly, the next shot that's super iconic is her, him like grabbing her around the waist as she's like flailing and yeah. dragging her back into the house. And the shoes um, fly off. The shoes fly and uh-huh. then that door slam, uh. which they then will do in multiple movies afterwards. Of course. Um, Like the backlighting, the way that they do a ton of backlighting when she's driving or when the, when the, driver or the 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 blue pickup driver is mm-hmm. driving away mm-hmm. um and you have that scene of him chasing her down yeah with the you know his 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 injured leg that he nipped into with his own um his own uh chainsaw um but he's got this chainsaw going and the, and the dust is kicking up and he's right. running behind the truck yeah. like there's a reason why those those shots are so iconic mm-hmm. um because it literally puts you in the victim's position. Yeah, you're seeing what she's yeah. seeing, and yeah. it is a horrifying yeah. image. It is. Yeah. Um. But the, uh, I think that everything from 
the way that the set was dressed and all of the like little pieces of things and the costuming and um there's a lot of just there's a kind of macgyver Mm -hmm. feeling to it of like not like 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 they've had to come up with a lot of things yeah. themselves. Like when Franklin gets killed, um, the blood that spurts mm-hmm. is actually um, uh, the director and the FX person mm-hmm. sitting on either side of the wheelchair, right. spitting blood out of their mouths. That's how they got wow. the shot. Wow. So it's a lot of things that are just like, they just had to figure out how to do it and yeah. they did it. And people were just so down to do this movie and so mm-hmm. excited to do this movie that they would sit in a room for over thir- over 24 hours mm-hmm. to film something. And like, you know, they really went whole, like all the way in and, you know, the, um, the, the, the guy, like all of the details, the details of how they create the world mm-hmm. is what is the most to me is my favorite part. Yeah. Um, and it always is. I mean, like, that's why I'm in makeup. That's why I do what I do, you yeah. know, like in set to, and set and props and things like that. Um, but also like, you know, the fact that the grandpa is played by a 19 year old. Right. You know, and with, mm-hmm. with seven hours of makeup on his face mm-hmm. and like, you know right. what I mean? Like there's just all these things where you're like, what you could have chosen so many other ways that would have been so much easier, but you didn't. Yeah. You didn't. And they used a lot of like animatronics, like in the later movies oh, and yeah. like, and you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and and there's again there's that visceral the, the ability to actually like perform the actions rather than you know CGI or something like that like yeah. there's there's a reason why B horror movies have that like documentary quality mm-hmm. to them is because the actions are actually being done yeah I and mean like you know and that's very much what's happening and like the fact that these you know big strong actors had to be wielding around these crazy mm-hmm. you know implements of torture all you know for day in and day out like right. like that is exhausting and so no wonder his like style is to swing it yeah. you know the way that he does because it's so heavy and it's actually heavy it's not a prop it's an yeah. actual you know what i mean yep. like yeah. it is a prop but it's also like a, a weapon of destruction you know right it's basically like carrying a real chainsaw totally and like i always think about that with marilyn burns like so many of her injuries were real i mean yeah there's that shot where she's like her hair is getting tangled in the branches that's not fake that is literally happening and and it was a moment that they were that they kept in yeah because it works it works i mean when they cut her finger that was real because they couldn't get it to work with a fake knife she didn't even know it was going to happen so that's a real reaction and i don't want i mean i'm not taking any pleasure in no, in that, but that's also been that's been Hollywood tradition for a very long time, which mm-hmm. I do take umbrage with. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, I, I recently did a Hitchcock show, so mm-hmm. I I did a lot of research about that, and apparently, um, during the birds filming yep. of the birds, Tippi Hendrix was uh, uh got actually gouged by a real bird, yeah, and that, that so that pee, that that chunk that gets taken off of her face. Mm-hmm. You know, under her eye, that actually happened, right? Because he was just throwing because birds he was at just her. throwing birds at her. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's just like that. Like, like, first of all, no. Second of all, like you can't. Like, yeah. there's certain things that you should be safe about. Yeah, you know, and and like that is terrifying. Oh, I remember hearing you about know? that story, and like I think maybe it was an interview with her, and she said, just like for however long it went on, and then when it was over, she just like 
burst into tears. Like, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Exactly. Who wouldn't? I would be livid. Oh, my God. I would, yeah. be, I would be beyond livid. Yeah. Like, don't you... Absolutely, you cannot partake of my blood without yeah. asking me, you I'd be monster. Throwing birds back at him. Absolutely. Right, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I will I will throw this bird right back in your face. Well, and that's yeah. the thing that's funny about... Um, about uh, Alfred Hitchcock is that he's actually terrified of birds. So right. he wasn't on set at oh. all during that time. Right. Of course. Oh, wow. So he's like, now nah, you'll handle it. Bye. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to lunch. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. That's horrifying. Ugh. But I think that, you know, Gunnar Hansen, who plays Leatherface, mm-hmm. Leatherface in the first, in the first one, like he just set this precedence of, how he moves yes. and the way that he like like enters through the world and and it just it's it was so studied like he he so really studied. thought about like who this person was and yeah. the way that he walked and the way he carried himself and yeah. it it's that work shows totally like it there is something about Leatherface that is so much more complex than I think yeah. and it's just like the running theme of this movie it's totally so much more complex than I think people who don't know it and love it give it credit for. Um, and it's, yeah, I mean, excuse me. Um, I think that like, it also scares me like no other movie. Right. And I, other movies have certainly scared me, but there's something about this that from the moment it starts, Mm -hmm. I'm just like uneasy. Oh yeah. Well, they also use auditory. They use the audio for jump scares. Oh yeah. Which is huge. And that, and that, that, Mm -hmm. that is, that is a classic that is, you know, there's that, it's, what is it? The light bulb sound? Is that what that is? Oh, you sure that, like the lens? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, 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 yeah. Photographic that, lens. Yeah. That sound is in every single one of the movies, of course, yeah. but it is iconic to this, to, to this series. That's true. And, yeah. and they use audio mm-hmm. in a way that a lot of other movies don't mm-hmm. and they don't just layer the jump scares on top of like actually actors jumping out at, mm-hmm. you know, and, and things like that. They also just do jump scares out of freaking nowhere. Yeah. So you're constantly kept on your toes because the volume keeps changing right. and the intensity of the music keeps changing for no reason. Yeah. So like there's certain times when they're just like wandering around and all of a sudden it's super tense and then it goes away. So then it lulls you into that false sense of security of like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe there was something there that I missed, but it's no big deal. And then all of a sudden they come back out at you. Right. So like all of the, all of the, the, again, the world building. Yes. Is so important yeah and the fact that like beauty and horrible things can happen at the same time where this house is like gorgeous but it's terrifying and Mm -hmm. these sculptures are actually kind of cool but they're horrific and Mm -hmm. there's so much back and forth and the fact that there's tradition and family but it's this sadistic horrific family and you know it just like there's all of this duality and there's all mm-hmm. of these, like, you know, these things that exist in the world at the same time and the audio makes sense and the visuals make sense. And the, you know, like uh, just like the world, the world building yeah. was so correct they, they, in this movie. Yeah. They certainly like did the work of creating this nightmare that doesn't exist in reality yeah. to the point where like the grandfather is reanimated. 
Like, yeah. it gets to the point where, like, this is not real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then, and then by, like, the third, I think it was, like, the third or the fourth movie, there's, like, it is the th- it's the fourth movie because Matthew McConaughey is in it, which was, the like, by... Oh, that, God. That, that movie is so weird. What a train wreck. But um, there's also, like, the Illuminati oh, were there somehow, and it's just, like, wait a minute, what? Oh, like, what yeah. is happening over here? It just, like, like, the second movie, like, the first movie was, you know, I thought was... Um, damn near perfect yeah and then the second movie got much gorier oh god just so like gory. amped up amped up the gore um because it was you know tom savini was right. doing you know the the gore effects and special effects and you can't really like yeah he kind of you know let him do that yeah. yeah and like and like um and like chop top is like dancing around with nubbins like attached to his body and mm-hmm. things like that it's just fucking creepy there's so many and of, of course the first one is creepy but right. it just kind of goes off the rails yeah. really fast and like by the third one you know there's like it's a lot it's a brand new family mm-hmm. there's no comedy at right. all in it um although i do have to say i love i in the second movie i love stretch oh me too i love stretch she's yeah. such a badass and like yeah. and like the fact that she like does his dance oh the on top ending? of the tower and stuff Ugh. like that it's just crazy but also like but also but also this is where they introduce sex yeah into it and yes. and and then and then that also goes off the rails really fast too and that's something i actually really did not like there starts being a lot of like sexual assault and things like that and it just it's just Ick, it's so icky. Like why? Yeah. Like, you know, and people want to do that sex and violence thing mm-hmm. very tied to and you know, and mm-hmm. that's and that's the um, you know, um oh gosh, he did Sin City and Oh, um, oh Robert Planet Terror and Planet Terror. Yeah, so yeah. Robert Rodriguez and then and then um Quentin um, Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. My brain is just like <laughs> we've right. been yeah. talking for three hours. Yeah, I, I know, know, right? Um but like, you know, like where that where it's that like very specific type of yeah. Like, you know, uh what it's it's called something very specific too. It's a certain type of film. Oh, um like exploitation Grind, grindhouse. 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 Yeah. There it is. Like yeah, exploitation mm-hmm. grindhouse films where it's, you know, where it's it's the teens at the slumber party and they mm-hmm. all get like murdered and sexually abused and it's just it's like it's a very specific type yeah of story. And I and I so appreciated that this movie did not have that. There's no sexual violence. There's no, no sexuality at all. No, and the, the and female characters bless, are not sexualized. Yeah, bless for that. Yeah, because like for the love of Pete, you know, mm-hmm. like it's like there's there's no like it. Do, you can do without it. Yep, you can. It just means that you have to be more. You you have to be more. Uh, nuanced about it like you don't have to have it but then as the movies progress there's like these nasty like cop characters oh yeah it's just it's so gross and of course that like the teens get younger and younger and Mm -hmm. the whole thing you're just like this is like you're playing the type now and it just it felt like it kind of just dissolved and i know a lot of people would fight me really hard about that because a lot of people loved the reboots and loved those other movies and stuff like that but i just like you know it just didn't feel, yeah. I think it got away from, I think, so much of what makes the original special. And yeah, um, for from sure. the aesthetic to the mystery of it to the, the right. Uh, I think that these underlying themes, I don't think they're there in any of the reboots. I don't mm-hmm. think they leave room for it. And I'd be, and I'd be fine with kind of, I, I, I can, I can sort of like get my brain around it 
if I think of the other movies kind of on their own. Yeah, sure. Totally. Totally. But I'm not looking for more from the first one. No. I'm not. Like, I'm I'm, I'm, like, of course, like you said, like, oh, man, would it be great to know what Mm -hmm. happened to her like 20 minutes later? Of course. Yeah. But, um but I'm not going to know. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about it. And then the other ones, I feel like I can kind of take out of that context a little bit and just kind of, I'm not looking, I'm not looking for like, cause they all have like different directors or different producers yep. or the families change or the, the, the something else or the, the, the plot changes again or like, you know, it just, and then we go back in time and then we go forward in time and then right. we do the prequel to the prequel. And then, you know, and then their name changes from like Sawyer to Slaughter to Hewitt to, to, you know, back to Sawyer again. And, you know, like everything just kind of, bah, 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 bah. It, yeah. it jumps all over the place. So sometimes it's just kind of like, all right, you know, I'm going to let those be what they are. Yeah. And let this first one be what it is. Yeah. These are well. like interpretations of this theme and right. this idea, right. but the original is a standalone experience. Exactly. Um, Yeah. I, I agree. I find like the Halloween series is a lot of this night, a lot of this stuff yeah, too, where it's totally. like, or forget Friday this the 13th one, Friday the 13th. And, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like, um, I, I think to try to look for continuity is asking yeah. too much of people. Or even Hellraiser. Honestly. Oh yeah. Oh, what a weird, I've only seen yeah. a little of the Hellraiser series. And yeah. It's, well, I love Clive Barker. Yeah, sure. I love Clive Barker. I actually yeah. love his, he wrote a children's, like a, a YA oh. no, novel series called the Aberat. Oh, wow. series mm-hmm. and it's wonderful okay it's wonderful and he um illustrates the whole thing and it's gorgeous wow um but like yeah he like th- i think he's got a brilliant mind but mm-hmm. yeah those like definitely kind of got <laughs> yeah oh. they, again they were kind of like wait a minute <laughs> once you go to space <laughs> it's all right exactly yeah. it was yeah. like hellraiser in space yeah, and i was like, like oh oh boy Doki. we've yeah. raised hell too far <laughs> come back to earth right, yeah. Exa- <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh this has been just such an incredible conversation. So I just, I like one of my favorite movies. And, you know, again, I've talked about this movie before on mm. this podcast. And I, I thought, well, if we cover some, some of the same territory, no big deal. So much new territory. Oh, good. I'm oh, so oh are you kidding? Oh, my God. <laughs> this has been just so great. We got I, deep. We got deep. Mm. I loved it. Uh, and I'd be happy to dissect any other movie like this anytime you want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Fantastic. I have so many ideas. Oh, good. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, thank God. Um, well, obviously, you'll be back. But in the meantime, where could listeners find more of you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at HeyVigorMortis um, or on Twitter Um and uh, usually through Switch and Play, mm-hmm. uh, we have shows all the time. And again, we've got, you know, our documentary is, yeah. is doing really well. And mm-hmm. we were really excited about that. Um, but we also do uh, shows uh, every second and fourth Saturday of the month at mm-hmm. Branded Saloon. Mm-hmm. So come through. Yeah. Come Which I've, uh, I've seen once and... Ugh. When I saw you at <laughs> nightgowns as well, right? That's yeah, kind of how yeah, you first yeah, yeah. on my radar. Yes. So, oh um, yeah, that yeah. was a fun time. Oh my god, it was so, <laughs> um, so I can attest. Um, uh, well, thank you. Thank uh, you. Ugh, this was just so great. Um, well, friends listening, if you want more of me, or you want to reach out, if you have thoughts, if you have ideas, if you want to contribute to this conversation, you know how you can do that. You can just drop me an email at in the details pod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also get in touch with me on Twitter at Colin Drucker, Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. You can also get more of me on my relatively new podcast with Nick Kachanoff, the best supporting podcast, which if you're a fan of In the Details, I think you may be a fan of as it is dedicated to the best supporting actress category of award shows um, and all of our favorites. So 
Uh, and obviously, you can find more of me on All Right Mary as well. Uh, Anyway, I think that is all for this episode. Uh, I, again, thank you so much. God, thank you so much. And uh, we'll do this again real soon. You know it. All right. Well, that is that, folks. Uh, I'm going to hop in the back of this pickup truck and zip on out of here. <laughs> Start raving mad. Uh, see ya. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>